0: Hey, we are back again. Checkers and Wreckers victory lap. My name is Ryan Janke, and I'm joined by Corey Litton. We are ready to give you all of the racing updates. Even though we're getting close to the end of the season, we still got racing happening, don't we, Corey? Yeah, we're kind of scraping the bottom of the barrel right now as far as finding
1: races to go to. But uh, and, and by that, I'm not meaning quality-wise. No. I mean, like, we're just running out of time here with uh, with our weather that we have over here, this <gasps> beautiful... Beautiful country we live in.
0: You know, I love the weather right now, but I did hear two tall Tom Shamansky's forecast this morning, and he's talking about maybe into the 20s by the end of the week here, Thursday into Friday. That's, it, that sounds about right. Yeah,
1: it, it's it's October. Yeah. I mean, it, we we have been pretty blessed this
0: year. We have been. It is uh, it's the ten four episode of Checkers and Wreckers <laughs> Victory Lap, October yep. the fourth. And over in the over now I guess Uh-oh, over it. well no not yet no, no 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 I'm not quitting now no no <laughs> so we've got uh, yeah we've got results for this week from local to World of Outlaws to uh, Talladega fun fun time well maybe not for Ryan Blaney fans
1: hey you know uh, <laughs> I'll take a second I mean and it was only by a few feet so yeah. uh, I mean he's usually really good at it but yeah it 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 would make me really as a Ryan Blaney fan. Um, I don't wanna give away too much before we get to the end of this sure. one. But you know, obviously he didn't win. But uh <laughs> <laughs> but I think it would be hilarious if you won the championship without winning a race. Wouldn't that be something? I think that would be absolutely hilarious. It would be. That it would be. it would make all the NASCAR people really upset and <laughs> and and show the playoff system for what it is, which is a fraud. It, <laughs>
0: well, that's <laughs> well I don't know that might be a little bit too extreme, <laughs> all right. Well they don't, they
1: don't sponsor this
0: show. No, <laughs> <laughs> no they do not so all right uh friday september 30th you were in buffalo river speedway the fall showdown night number one what happened there That's
1: right. it was the first time we ever had a uh end of september early october special out there the buffalo river speedway so it was pretty and the, and the track was great the crowd went, you know it was pretty good and then uh you know the racing was great too but it started off with the midwest uh, wasota midwest modifieds who started out the first night out there on the friday september 30th edition And it was Chris Edmonds who jumped out into the race lead in lap number one. Caution flag waved early as Colby Reed slowed to a stop at the entrance of turn number three with 16 laps to go. One lap later, Tucker Jacobson spun out in three and four to bring out the second yellow flag. Edmonds and Jory Berg broke away from the pack and challenged for the lead with each other there for a while. But with 14 laps to go, Reece Stenberg and Sam Blevins got together, bringing out the third caution. Um, I believe, well, Sam Blevins, I think he just kind of checked up. And Reece Denberg kind of got into him pretty hard at the at the back, and uh, I, you know, I did it in the nicest way that I possibly could do because it's a family show. I did uh, <laughs> believe my commentary on there was, uh, but I'd rather take the butcher's word for it from <laughs> from Tommy Boy. <laughs> I just did the the punchline of the joke. Anybody that get it, yeah, they got it. Um, that brought up the third caution in turns three and four. Edmonds got crossed up, though, on the restart, losing the lead to Berg, and Aaron Blacklance jumped into the second spot right after that, too. Berg ran the top lane as Blacklance started to throw sliders for the lead with 10 laps to go. Berg uh, took the low line away, though that's playing a little bit of defense for that slider, against that slider there, and uh, Berg was able to use that lane to put a gap on the rest of the field and take the win over Blacklance and Edmonds, so a pretty good start there uh, to the night. Michael Weber, he made the trip all the way from Marion, Iowa and wasted no time to get out front, uh, but a young up-and-comer, Colin Thompson was able to get the lead away from Weber with 16 laps to go in the Legends feature race. Weber got back around Compson, but just one lap later found a groove as he caught, uh, uh, he caught traffic with 10 laps to go. Compson reeled in weather, re- Weber with just five laps to go along the uh, with the entire top six closed in as well, so... There were a lot of cars that were out there challenging right for the race lead at the end of this one. Compson took a shot in the lead, but Weber was just too strong, and uh, Weber got the win over Compson and Griffin McGrath, which uh, I was having fun saying his name being a Family Guy fan. Griffin. (laughs) Griffin. Griffin McGrath. Yeah. Yeah. I said it once, and I couldn't get out of my head for the rest of the night, so that really helped out a lot. I'm pretty sure he's really happy with me, but uh, it was his first time out there. I'm pretty sure he doesn't even know who I am. <laughs> <laughs> so the lightning sprints, they were next. Uh, Kelsey Peterson, she drew the outside front row starting spot, and that was all she needed is Peterson got the jump on Kate Taves right on the start. Uh, that First time that I can ever remember that we had an all-female front row, uh, so and that was hmm. pretty cool, and they were running one and two for a lot of that race. Uh, Peterson remained unchallenged, but Taves battled side-by-side with Dylan Langvin for several laps until the caution came out with eight to go when Vance Bennett's car slowed to a stop and couldn't get out of harm's way. Peterson again checked out on the field as Langvin moved up into second. Peterson earned her second Buffalo River Speedway win of the year, her third one of the year altogether, with Langvin finishing in second and Jason Berg rounding out the top three. Then it was the Street Stocks' turn as big-time Johnny Carter quickly took to the lead from his pole position starting spot. Uh, Casey Usatis, uh, he jumped uh, up to second, and the assassin Kyle Anderson followed up to third. Carter looked to have the race in hand, but with seven laps remaining, Derek Turner spun in turn number four, just barely clipping the right rear tire on Johnny Carter's car. And the contact was enough to take out Carter's transmission. It was one of those things where I've not seen a hit that little hmm. do so much damage, um, but that ended his night and uh, that handed the lead over to USATIS, who was able to survive a lot of pressure from the assassin Kyle Anderson, who finished in second, and Greg Josie, uh, who finished in the third spot. I was making uh, comments about Josie's on a vacation far away. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he had he had a, he had some moments during that race where he was getting kind of crossed up at points, and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> So I was using that to uh, quote the outfield, which I've never done in a race before, so I had that going <laughs> for me. Uh, the Modifieds came on next. Dustin Wall led lap number one. Dustin Wall, who uh, was the only one that I know of that raced this last weekend, who has experience on this track during the regular season and when there's winter time going on, because he, uh, he used to race uh, ice oval snowmobile racing, which, um, yeah, you got to be half crazy to do that at least. <laughs> Um, because first off, it's cold. It's cold, and when you crash, you land on ice. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it, it's so a you stay s- cold special breed of human, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and, and incredible racing too. I've gotten the chance to watch a lot of it, but yeah, it's it's <laughs> you got to be real crazy to do it. And I know a lot of them that do it, and they are crazy. Uh, Johnny Broking, he tried to thread the needle in, in turn number three in the following lap to get around both Wall and Travis Sauer, but the caution came out for Doug Van Mill, who spun in at corner number two. Uh, Broking went back on the offense and moved up into the top two, but the race slowed again when Matt Auckland spun out, and Mike Tiani climbed up on top of Auckland's uh, right front tire and kind of on the um, on the hood of the race car, which my comment on that one was, and this is how Mod 4s are made. <laughs> <laughs> After the mess was cleaned up, uh, Mason McEvers took the race lead. Uh, It was his first time out there, so that was the first time he's ever led there. But Wall snuck by to get back on the next lap. Then Johnny Broking went back on the attack and threw a big slider with 19 to go. Corky Thomas and Matt Auckland got together in turn number four, slowing the field once again with 18 to go. But uh, Joey Thomas came uh, came to call at the halfway mark as Broking caught traffic, but Broking was able to get by the slower cars with ease, and Broking cruised for the win over Thomas and Wall. The short trackers rounded out the night on night number one. Shannon George took the lead, looking for his second straight win at Buffalo River, but uh, and George cruised through traffic
0: to get that second win in a row over Travis Roush and Brandon Hunter. All right, so then we moved into October. September is gone. Uh, October is starting. When do we have to uh, uh, wake up uh, Green Day? Wake me up. Wasn't it when September's over? Did somebody yeah. wake them up? when,
1: when September ends. Yeah. And uh,
0: I didn't do it. Okay, um, I didn't either. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah, ho- I didn't even hopefully play somebody it. did. I didn't even play him for uh, bumper
0: music. <laughs> <laughs> so we moved on to Saturday, October the 1st, Buffalo River Speedway Falls Showdown, night number two. And whether Green Day woke up or not, we raced.
1: Uh, Weston Ramsrud, <laughs> he uh, took the lead at the green in the street stocks. Uh, they started out the night but as Cole Gresseth made a awesome four-wide move for second. The caution came out of lap number one as Bob Banish Jr. and uh, David Hangzleben got together in turn number four. Ramsrud took uh, back off on the restart with uh, Gresseth and Kyle Anderson battling side-by-side behind. But then uh, the caution would wave again as Derek Turner went around in turn number four with 17 laps remaining. He missed the leader this time, though, so that was pretty awesome. Uh, Ramsrud (laughs) had his hands full on the restart with Gresseth, Anderson, Hunter Carter, uh, in Hunter Carter until Gresseth was able to get around for the lead at the halfway point. And we earlier in the year had a couple of nights where the Street Sox were there. Gresseth raced one of those and he caught an infield tire and rolled. So him running up front, this was I mean, this is a big win for him. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a it's a reprieve once you think about it. Uh, Gresseth started to gap the field uh, as a debris caution came out in the front straight away uh, with uh, eight laps to go. Anderson and Carter raced three wide for the race lead with uh, Anderson taking the lead with 6 to go, then Carter took the lead with 4 to go. Anderson rallied back on the top side of the track and was able to power around Carter for the win with the in the last two corners. So that was one of the better races of the year that we had out there. Hunter Carter finished in 2nd and Tucker Peterson finished in 3rd. Tucker Peterson I think he came from 10th to finish 3rd, so he he climbed through that field pretty good. Kobe Reed and Tucker Jacobson spun out in turn number one to start the Midwest Modified feature. On the on the restart, it was Aaron Blacklance leading fellow Thief River Falls resident uh, Justin Olsen into turn number one. And all the way through the first couple of laps, but uh, the yellow flag came out early when Chris Edmonds, Jamie Deitzler, and Jory Berg got together in turn number four. Blacklance, Olsen, and Sam Blevins broke away from the pack on the restart. And, and as the race got to halfway, the top three all caught traffic. Olsen was able to use the traffic to take the lead with five laps remaining. Black Lance rallied back, but Olsen was able to hold on for the win. Black Lance finished in second, and Blevins finished in third. Matt Auckland, he came out, he threw a slider on lap number one that did not clear Joey Thomas on the start <laughs> of the, the modified A-main. And I'm pretty sure when the two of them stopped uh, after that, I'm pretty sure they're pretty close to, uh, to uh, Ulan um, <laughs> coming out of turn <laughs> number two. Uh, that caused caution on lap number one. The move previous night's winner, Johnny Broking, up to the pole position. Thomas is able to lead lap number one over Broking, but on lap number two, Broking got by for the top spot. Colin Kashuk went around in turn number one with heavy front-end damage on lap number three, uh, and Broking walked away and quickly caught traffic on lap number 10 after, that, uh, after the restart. Broking was able to put his car anywhere he wanted to and was able to easily dispose of traffic, which allowed him to sweep the weekend. Joey Thomas finished in second and Matt Auckland finished in third. Kelsey Peterson started on the pole for the lightning sprint feature and took off right away from the start, just like the previous night and just like the first night of the season, actually, because she won the first race that we had out there this season. Uh, Peterson had over a straightaway lead on the field when the yellow came out with seven laps to go for Mark Williams, who stopped just off of turn number one. But it was a no doubter for Peterson to cruise to victory, sweeping the fall showdown over Matt Taves and uh, Matt Taves's older sister kate tapes Mom. next uh next it was the legends where jordan michaelis uh from heartland wisconsin led lap number one but scotty richardson and cody mack are got together in turn number two bringing out the caution flag on the race's second lap colin Thompson used the restart to move up into the second spot compson began closing in on the leader but just as the caution came out again for alex Brasseth turning in turn number two Thompson was able to take the lead but the caution came out again when Chris Free spun out in turns number one and two, collecting Joey Banish, Ryan Lewis, and John Jacobson with 14 laps to go. Compson hugged the tires and closed uh, into traffic with uh, four laps to go and was able to get by and hold off Miklas and Hollywood Ty Wilkie, the guy who has won the most uh, most legend races in the last three or so years, three or four years, for his first Buffalo River Speedway win. It's a great job there, Colin Thompson. Uh, then it was on to the short trackers to round out the year, where Travis Roush led the first lap, but on lap number two, Corey Nelson went around and brought out the caution. Uh, one of the cool things about this whole, uh, the last several weeks, is Bemidji has had their their nights off. Uh-huh. And uh, Bemidji's sent uh, their, I think they call them the mini stocks out there, because uh, <clears throat> our short trackers are basically a combination of front-wheel drive and rear-wheel drive four-cylinder cars. Okay. And... um so we get a lot of Fox body and hatchback Mustangs uh, from Bemidji <laughs> that come out there. And and we haven't seen ra- cars like that race out there in years since they had a mini stock class there for quite a while. The Hornets kind of took it over, though, uh-huh. when they had front the front wheel drive cars were better on this kind of surface, especially when it got really slick. OK, the front wheel drive cars could uh, excel in that stuff. Um, so it's cool to see the 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 rear wheel drive cars come out there and do pretty well there as well. Um, it, but, uh, Roush was leading, leading, um, uh, he led the first lap and he had the front wheel drive car. On lap number two, Corey Nelson with a rear wheel drive car brought up the caution. Jason Hunter uh, in a Mustang went around in turn number two and the race was slowed for a second time. Shannon George Mustang, uh, took the, <laughs> <laughs> took a shot at the lead, but the yellow flew again for Jason Hunter Mustang going around in corner in turn number four. Roush had his hands full of George and Kalen Honer, who also was driving a Mustang, uh, on the restart as the trio <laughs> battled for the lead till Honer took the lead with six laps remaining. The yellow flag flew again when Hayden Engen uh, and Jason Cast got together, both of them driving different cars. Um, Hayden Engen had a, I believe, um, a Mustang, and Jason Cast had a. Cavalier. Okay. Or Cobalt. Or it was the newer version of the Cavalier. Sure. They got together in turns three and four. Honer walked away for the win. George finished second and Roush finished in third. And that rounded out the season at the Buffalo River Speedway.
0: Yeah. You know, uh, usually uh, uh, you have a list of what's next for the local racing scene. I'm not seeing that here. What's the deal? Um, we really don't have anything because no. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> uh, for for a while. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm
1: taking a few weeks off from actually going to races after yeah. I've hit, I believe, 104 races for the year so far. So,
0: Crazy. I am going to
1: take a couple of weeks off because I got this whole turning 40 thing coming up here in a couple weeks. So, sure, sure. Yeah, um, I hear you. People want me to be around for it.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Last year, I went to Iowa and worked out there. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I'm not going to make that trip this year because, my, yeah,
0: a lot of people are actually like, you better be here for your birthday this year. Yeah, well, and you've uh, you've put in a lot of miles <laughs> already. So Yeah, I'm going to figure that one out here in a couple of months because it's going to take that long. Sure. <laughs> Well, we did have more racing action, though. The World of Outlaws National Open Williams Grove Speedway on Friday, September the 30th. Yeah, that was out of Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania.
1: One of the one of those bucket list tracks for me. Mm-hmm. Lance DeWeese won a rain-shortened night, a number one of the National Open, scoring a win for the PA Posse on their home turf. At 10 laps, DeWeese now has the distinction of winning the shortest race in World of Outlaws history. Uh, Sheldon Hottenshield finished in the second spot. Carson Macedo finished in third. Donnie Schatz finished in eighth. Rain also forced the postponement of the next night's uh, $75,000 to win National Open Championship to Saturday, October 22nd. Uh, They're going to be racing again this coming weekend here. It'll be Friday and Saturday, the uh, 7th and 8th, uh, the
0: Nittany Showdown at Port Royal Speedway in Port Royal, Pennsylvania. All right. And we also had a little bit of NASCAR action. We've got the call here from NASCAR.com. Elliot he searches ahead Jones moves to the inside Elliot has the lead Chase Elliot through the dog leg blading with momentum he's not gonna get there Elliot's gonna win in Talladega
1: what a move the chase Elliot do you hear them cut the cut out on the uh the audio from the car yeah <laughs> <laughs> kind of wondering if that was an edit right there. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't hear it. So. <laughs> it cut out abruptly, but yeah, I, it was you know, heck of a move there Chase Elliott made uh with uh with one lap to go to take the lead for the win over Ryan Blaney. Um it, you know, we get, that means they get the, they got to sound the siren out there in uh, his hometown in Georgia oh, out there. Cool. Uh Dawsonville, Georgia, they got that siren that goes out at the pool hall every time that an Elliott wins. Okay. So, yeah, oh, that's get, neat. That's a that's a cult tradition. Yeah, it is. Surprised they don't have a camera just waiting there for it. <laughs> um, as good as he is, uh, uh, Michael McDowell finished in the second spot. That was your boy Ross Chastain, Denny Hamlin to round at the top five. That punches Elliott's ticket into the round of eight. He's the first guy to win in five races in the playoffs. <laughs> who is actually eligible to win in the playoffs? Uh, <laughs> Elliott now safe from elimination uh, through. Uh, he's into the round of eight now with. Uh, being on top in the point standings along with that with blaney only two points back chastain is six points back hamlin 13 points back joey logano and kyle larson are 16 points back daniel suarez is 22 points back chase brit briscoe and austin sindrick are 34 points back christopher bell 67 points back alex bowman is in the 12th spot here 88 points back but he is recovering from concussion from a concussion that he suffered out of texas and he's basically eliminated from playoff contention because he, he didn't race last weekend and won't have a, he's, he's not cleared to race again. So unfortunately okay. he's not going to be able to uh, participate here in the rest of the playoffs. Uh, what's next for uh, the cup series drivers will be Sunday, October 9th, the Charlotte
0: motor speedway road course, the Roval. All right. The Roval. Okay. Um, we like to have a lot of fun on checkers and Wreckers victory lap, obviously, um, but uh, we want to take a moment, uh, Corey. I'll I'll let you take this away here. Uh, yeah, and and I appreciate that, Ryan. Uh, it
1: was it was a rough weekend to get through. I will I'll, I'll flat out say it. Um, Rick Ashelman was one of the greatest people that I've actually got to meet in 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 racing altogether. Um, I first uh, got to work with him in 2017 out at the North Florida Speedway out in uh, Lake City, Florida, and that track. Uh, the day that I got to work with him. They had an issue because their PA system, not the greatest in the world, um, it was a CD player that you had to put a microphone in front of to get the music to play through it, <laughs> and <laughs> uh, it didn't work. It went down. Um, well, but I'll put it this way: I, I loved working at this racetrack. There's a lot of cool history at there. They even had an old Aaron's Dream Machine show car sitting in the infield, that, <laughs> and I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, um, they also had, like, a swing set right next to the racetrack the kids had a lot of fun with uh, out there. And But uh, the grandstands there, they brought it in, and to set the scene a little bit about how, you know, the, the condition of the track and, you know, just what you had to go through to get a race in there, uh, they got the grandstands from a school that had been closed for 20 years. So even the rust was secondhand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the CD player going down Eh yeah, We kind of figured it was going to happen
0: mm-hmm.
1: We were having issues with power and stuff like that On the broadcast And, and uh, we were having issues with our own broadcast Because we had dirty Dirty power as they call it You know, mm-hmm. um, So when the CD player went down Rick Eshelman's kind of Looking around going well what am I supposed to do now So I walk over And I grab the microphone from him And I sing the national anthem I hand him the <laughs> microphone back and he goes well, and then he goes right back into what we were supposed <laughs> to do. And and I walked right over to my my camera, and and uh, and we went through the broadcast that day. Uh, afterwards, I knew of a story of well, when he raced up in this area, and kind of basically a little bit about how he got his start in, in announcing. And we talked about uh, lots of lots of things from this area. And he brought up names that I hadn't heard in a long time, and mm-hmm. I couldn't even remember, kind of kind of stuff. Uh, I, I talked to him about. He had a very famous thing in in a magazine called Inside Track that was around this area, where they had an enduro at the uh, Grand Forks County Speedway, as it was called at the time, River City Speedway now, where he had raced in in an enduro with an old like uh, cab, an old like fifty five or fifty six <laughs> Chevy four door. Yeah and the the uh electrical components in it started on fire and it was a complete like the picture all you see is the car completely in flames mm-hmm. parked in the infield and he was out of it of course but uh it and we talked about that and he told me the whole story behind it like it was like it happened yesterday and with a gleam in his eye even though a race car that he had burned to the ground <laughs> and <laughs> We talked about the places like the Towner County Speedway in Candu, which was, mm-hmm. uh, I lived in Kandu for a few years of my life when I was really young. And I got to go to the fair there a couple of times. And he had said that he'd been there. He'd mm. gone there. Um, and he, he then he brought up the points of, we talked about closed racetracks because that was one of his things that I, I was following him on Twitter anyways. Mm-hmm. And he had a thing where he has a, a bit on there where, he uh, talked about lost and found racetracks, where he he'd go out and you know, kind of like what Dale Jr. does with the the lost Speedway kind of thing, where he just he'll go out there and he'll talk about what he knows about these racetracks. And in some of the tracks that we were talking about from this area, he brought up uh, Weetown, which you know, obviously near and dear to my heart. <laughs> yep. And then he brought up the fact that he actually had announced there a few times. And really, I was, I was I was you know awestruck by that one. And I'm pretty sure I was there for those, <laughs> and, and uh, you know I, we talked for well over an hour afterwards, and, and like we we're best friends. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of exchanged numbers with them after that, and I talked off and on with them. And then three years later, we're we have a uh, because of COVID, um, the World of All Late Models are supposed to be, I believe, in Fergus Falls at the I ninety four Sure Step Speedway. But they couldn't race there. It was either it was either that one or I think uh it was the uh racetrack in Sock Rapids. Um but either way they couldn't race there. West Fargo had an open date mm-hmm. out there at the Red River Valley Speedway, and he came up there. Excuse me, and uh uh I, when I got to the booth, I didn't see him in there yet. He was he was making his rounds and I actually asked their scoring guy, I'm like, Who's who's the announcer for your series? And I kind of knew that it was going to be Rick, and I just kind of wanted to hear it. <laughs> oh, it's Rick Eshelman. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and because uh, I worked with you know other series, touring series announcers, and you know Rick is just such a laid back, awesome, awesome person. Mm-hmm. And uh, when Rick got up to the booth, we talked more about other things going around there, and I, I, I you know, we we kind of shot the breeze for a while, and then he goes right into the show and (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) like it was nothing and we get down to the end of the night and i buy uh i i kind of we have we had a server that would come up to the booth and you know our scoring guy jared adler and i we thought we were done for the night Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and well jared was uh we both bought a couple of beers to sit back and in the booth, watch Rick Ushelman <laughs> and their scoring guy go go to work, yeah. and watch them do this. This uh, just watch from the best seat in the house. And uh, uh, Rick uh, gets on the microphone and, and says something along the lines of, "And as customary, we allow the home track announcer to to uh, call the first lap." And I'm taking a drink out of my mouth and I, out of my beer, and I was like. You mean me,
0: <laughs> me?
1: <laughs> he goes, yeah, you. So I grabbed the microphone and I, and I literally had enough time to go. And here we go. <laughs> and, and then he pointed at me as they're going into turn one. As I, because you know, I kind of like to have my spots where I call things. You know, uh, on the opening lap of a race, I will I have my call ready by the time they're coming out of turn four. Let the cars go by everybody because anyone in the stands they're not going to hear me broadcast. It sounds cool when you can hear the cars go by. Mm -hmm. So I let them go by and uh, going into turn one, he told me to pick it up. So he let me call the first lap and I handed it off to him. And as I'm handing it off, I'm hearing him click his mic off and then say, keep picking it up or pick it up again. Mm -hmm. So uh, that meant when he took the lap, I had to pick it up from him again. When he was done calling it, when he came up for air, I had to pick it up. And about the fourth time that he did that, he said, "Do the rest of it with me." And I'm sitting there going, <laughs> "Me? You mean me?" And I, I even looked over at Jared sitting next to me, and I, I had this wide, wide-eyed look in my face, like, "You mean I get to do this?"
0: <laughs>
1: and we got to, uh, we got to the end of it, and Rick handed it off to me as they're coming out of four on the last lap. I couldn't have handed it off back to him even quicker. I went back and watched it and uh, just last night, actually before I decided to come on here and tell this story and yeah, I I watched the whole thing and I'm like, how dare me take the checkered flag on this one? <laughs> <laughs> he handed it to me on the white. I'm like, I am not calling this whole this whole lap. I don't care if it's 15 seconds, I'm going to take 3 of it. He's got the rest. And he had a a brilliant call at mm-hmm. the end of it and I couldn't have been happier. I'm sitting there looking at Jared, and he's hugging me. <laughs> yeah. Like, I can't believe this just happened. And Rick looked and said, clicked his microphone off, and went, that was from North Florida Speedway. Hmm. He remembered three years the one time I met him. Wow. Where I came out there and, and helped him just a little bit for yeah. a minute and a half. Yeah. And he remembered that, and it stuck with him. And I, I'm pretty sure the – Reason why he uh, kept telling me to keep taking the the hand off was because he was trying to figure out if I could hang with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and right, and yeah, uh, it was. I'll never forget this. It was one of the coolest and greatest moments uh, of my announcing career was getting to do this with uh, Rick Ashelman, and uh, he over the years kept in contact with me. There, were, he would text me after. The World of Outlaws sprint cars were here, knowing that I was calling the late models that night, and he would, he would give me, he would give me uh, points of, he'd give me compliments uh, about how I did it, and um, even over other, other broadcasts, he'd he'd text me out of the blue Mm -hmm. and tell me I did a good job, and uh, I'll never forget that. Uh, It's, and it's terrible that we lost him. Um, I am forever in debt to this man.
0: Yeah, I uh, I I was sorry to hear that news, Corey, and um, uh, my thoughts and my prayers are definitely with you and, and with his family, and um, it's just a, just a tough, tough thing. And one of the one of the greatest things that I I can, I can say
1: about him is, I'm one of probably thousands of people that he has that have the same kind of stories mm-hmm. about. Um, I know you know working with some of the greatest announcers in this business, the Chad Myers, the uh, the. Uh, uh, Dwayne Keiths, the uh, all the all the people that I get to work with, Mark Askelson, uh, I, all the people that I get to. Uh, it, it's tough to narrow it down right now you know, in trying to trying to put this in into perspective, and um, it just the guy was selfless, and mm-hmm. not only that he was just a hell of a racing fan, and he would just love to talk racing, and he would love to talk anything with anybody. Um, and I'm definitely gonna miss that guy. I, I mean, it, it's it's. I I only get to work with. The, I only really got to meet the guy in, be in person in his person twice. Yeah, two days of my life, mm-hmm. and they are impactful. I'm closing in my 40th birthday. Mm-hmm. So how, I don't know how many days that is. I can't do that kind of math. <laughs> um, it's a lot. Yeah, <laughs> 40 times 365, and I'm just mm-hmm. yeah two weeks away. So mm-hmm. yeah, we'll yeah figure it out later. Yeah, we'll do it, we'll do it in post. Yeah. Um. In two of those days of my life I worked with that guy and they I can almost recall almost every moment of it mm-hmm. because of just the impact the guy had. Right. Just a just a great human being. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Rest in peace, Rick Ashelman. You are greatly missed in and, and more than just me. It's everybody in the racing community. I mean, I saw this, I've I looked I I looked up. Stuff because I knew there was going to be people posting some good old videos of them too, and from back in the day, and I mean everybody from NASCAR to any racing series, they they were all posting their condolences, and so many drivers, so many fans, so many families, they all have, they all have great stories like I have, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm one of I'm one of thousands, if not millions, yeah, that that can, that can, uh,
0: that can say something great about them. Yeah. All right. Uh if you or someone you know is is in crisis, uh, is thinking about self-harm or attempting suicide, please tell someone right away. Um don't don't delay. Uh you can call 911 for emergency services. You can go to your nearest hospital emergency room. There's also a uh 988 suicide and crisis lifeline. You can call or text 988, and you can connect with someone. It's a 24-hour confidential support line to anyone in suicidal crisis or emotional uh, distress. Um, and there's uh, support also available available via uh, uh, live chat um, with 988. Uh, so please, uh, if you are thinking about that, um, please use one of those services. Um, you have uh, family, uh, friends, a lot of people who love you, and... Uh, um, want to help. So thanks for joining us this week. We'll see you next time for Checkers and Wreckers Victory Lap.